before we started our sermon series on builders. So as I said, it's going to be an eight-week eight week series having different sermons, and we are done with already four different sermons. Today we are on the fifth one. And we keep saying that God has called us to build, but not to destroy. And also we say God has called each one of us as builders in his kingdom. And we are learning a lot from different aspects, from different angles from the book of God. That how, in what way we can be a builder. You can be a builder, I can be a builder in the kingdom of God. I believe God is speaking to you. Some of you came back and you know, gave me feedback. I thank you for doing so. That God is opening your eyes. God is speaking to you. And even this morning we are looking forward for God to speak and change our lives. God has called us as builders. Can you say I'm a builder? Out loud I'm a builder. This morning as we do in every sermon under this series. Before we start the sermon we take a oath called builder's oath. Shall, shall we all arise to take the builder's oath? As we read that in the screen, as we see that in the screen, I encourage you to read along with me. Shall we just get started? We are doing, we are reading, we are taking our builder's oath. Shall we go ahead? I believe that I am called out loud. I am called to build, not to destroy. I believe that I am called to build on the foundation of Christ. That is God's word. I am called to build myself up, not to destroy. I'm called to build my family, not to destroy. I'm called to build my marriage, not to destroy. I'm called to build my church, not to destroy. I'm called to build my nation, not to destroy. I'm also called to encourage one another and to build each other up. I will be faithful to my call to build. I will take all the effort to build, even if it requires me to sacrifice my time, effort, ego, status. I will still look for opportunities to build others. I will rejoice over seeing other lives being built by me. I will join my fellow builders to build the kingdom of God on this earth without any national, lingual, racial, color, and discriminational, sorry, denominational discriminations in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We are doing a sermon series called Builders. Last week we talked about faith builders. And by the way, Daniel is doing an amazing job there. You know, these slides are not easy to scroll. So now sometimes he, I, I think that, you know, he would have read my mind already. You know, the, the way I expect the slides to scroll and then he's doing a wonderful job. Thank you, Daniel. And Jennifer. Okay. Right, so last week we talked about faith builders. Can you all say faith builders? And today, as a fifth sermon in this series... We are going to talk about bridge builders. Can you say bridge builders? Can you say bridge? How a bridge looks like? Can anybody show? <laughs> I can't see that. And I don't see that picture actually in front of me. How, how does a bridge look like? Forget the picture that's there. It's not a good bridge. Otherwise, how a bridge looks like? Can anybody demonstrate? Just demonstrate. <laughs> Like, like this? Like, like this? Bridge goes like this? Bridge goes like this? Like this? Okay. Any other way? 
Like this? Great. We are called bridge builders. Amen? God has called us to build bridges. You all seen bridge, right? So we have a couple of bridges in a great bridges. I think you may be seeing it down the line in this, some, of, some of the slides. So God has called each one of us bridge builders. Okay, let's leave it there. So just to give, a, give an idea about our sermon lineup, if you can put the next slide, please. So we see our sermon series there. You know, there's different sermons in that series. Number one, the wise and foolish builders. Family builders, number two. Number three, character builders. Number four, faith builders. Number five, bridge builders. You know, that's where we are today. So we have three more sermons to go. Ship builders and legacy builders and kingdom builders. So we are in the fifth sermon. And the sermon is titled as bridge builders. If you can put the next two slides when it is appropriate. What is a bridge? Bridge is basically a structure that is built for a purpose of providing passage over obstacles which is basically usually to connect you know two different locations it's otherwise it's impossible at times even walk over pass over those obstacles that's what is bridge and what are the benefits of having a bridge what are the benefits you know we know generally you know what how useful bridges are at times, you know, when you drive, we may be driving for minutes together over a bridge before we reach the other end. We don't have any idea what is underneath. It may be ocean. Or we may be driving through a tunnel inside the ocean. You know, bridge always helps us. There are different benefits of having bridge. First of all, bridge gives us access. Big bridge provides access between two regions or two cities or two locations. Bridge also helps us in terms of transportation by making it possible for you know, people to ship, companies to ship raw materials and the cargo and finished goods to factories, warehouses and supplies, you know, many other things, even food and medications to distribute to, sto to the stores or their storage locations or even at times end user, end customers, consumers. Bridge helps us to get access. Bridge helps us to transport things. Bridge also helps us, you can think about it, the help of something in the presence of its absence. Do you do that? I often do that. I want you to think about your family members. The benefit of your family members is not known at times. Benefit of your friends are not known, is not known at times. The benefit of having people, the benefit of having church, the benefit of having families are not known at times. At times we feel the benefit of it, having it, in the absence when people are gone away from us then you think about then we worry about but you know what at times it is too late to think about and worry about we need to know the benefit of having those things in our lives so what are the benefits of having bridge in the absence of bridge it may be difficult it may be impossible to cross a river it may be impossible to cross a valley it may be impossible to cross a mountain Train tracks and you know highways, it becomes very difficult, impossible to cross over in the absence of bridge. Bridge also is beneficial in terms of connecting with people. Bridge enables us or gives us power to connect and communicate with people. You know, otherwise we feel we are isolated. People who are living in the mainland, they are connected through a bridge to the people who are living in an island or peninsula. 
Bridge also helps us to connect with people. You know, we can go on and on and listing all the benefits of having bridges. I thank God for we have some beautiful bridges in the city, in the Maritimes. We have a great bridge you would have seen in PI called known as Confederation Bridge. You all would have, most of you would have driven through that bridge. It's an amazing bridge. We have two bridges in Halifax. I really thank God for those bridges, you know, that connects people. Otherwise, people in that month, you know, they need to go all the way there to get connected. Bridge always connects. If you can put the next slide, you know, we are talking about God calling each one of us as bridge builders. Can you read the next slide together? We must build bridges. Out loud, out loud. When I say read, please read. Out loud. Still louder. We must build bridges instead of walls. Bridges connect, but walls disconnect. God is calling us to build bridges, not walls, and we must build bridges to connect because bridge connects. We must not build walls because walls disconnect. This morning I want to take both bridge and wall in parallel, even though we don't have another sermon for wall builders. That's a, that may be a different sermon, but this morning I want to just take bridge and wall, you know, along with me for some more time. It is easy to build a wall, but it is not easy to build a bridge. You know, in the basement we are working with another uh, carpenter. He's an amazing, wonderful person. So he's helping us to put that. <laughs> Within a couple of days, you know, he could just put a wall. He could erect a wall. But when you think about bridge, it's not at all possible. It's very difficult. Building a wall among us is easy. But building a bridge among people of God, among us, is not at all easy. And why do people build walls? Why do we have walls at house? Any idea? Think anything about a house without any wall? To divide. First of all, wall, what, does, what, what wall does? It divides. Then? It protects. Somebody said protects, right? It, it protects. That's a, that's a good kind of protection it provides. Any other use of having wall? Privacy. What? Privacy. privacy. It provides us privacy. Right? Certainly it provides us privacy. There are good things about having wall. But this morning, we are talking about the wall that disconnects us. Why still people build those kind of walls in their lives? Why do we build walls at all? Apart from the good aspects of walls. Number one, we build walls. Can you read with me? We will build walls to protect our views. We build walls to protect our views. To protect our social and political views. To protect our social and political views. You know, all of us have the, our own ideas and our own views. Politically, even though we are not, we don't, we are not involved directly, but then, you know, we support somebody. And that's good. You need to be like that. You need to know the values and you need to know the agendas of different parties and you know you need to just go accordingly. But we at times build walls to protect our social and political views. You know, many Christians had a strong opinion about COVID-19 and having vaccine. They burned bridges and they built walls. They burned bridges. The bridges that were already established, they burned them and they built walls. Social views. Many Christians hold strong political opinions and they burn bridges of those with whom having a different opinion. 
You know, today we build walls to protect our views. We want to stand for that, that is good. But at times as human beings, you know, that's how we operate. We make sure that we don't get diverted. We want to make sure that we won't get, we won't get, um, what do you say? We won't get, uh, uh, you know, um, change to other views, to accept to other views. And we want to protect by building walls. And God is asking us to demolish those walls. And God is asking us to build bridges. Are you with me this morning? God is calling us to build bridges. Second reason why we build our, you know, we walls, at times we do that to protect our religious and spiritual views. This is very important. I want you to understand this morning along with me. We at times build walls to protect our spiritual and religious views. And God hates that. We believe or we build walls around those beliefs that are not biblical. That are not rightly understood as Bible says. A couple of years before, immediately after the Sunday service, Someone called me into the office, Pastor, I want to talk to you. Can you just come into the office? And I went there. He threw his Bible on the table. And he looked at me and he said, Pastor, I love what you're doing in the city. I honor you. I love your preaching. I understand what you're trying to say. But from my childhood onwards, I was taught different. And I'm not able to agree what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I understand. I know what you're saying. And I honor you for that. But from my childhood onwards, I was taught different. Because I hold a different, different opinion. I am unable to accept what you preach. And he said, I hate this religion. I hate this religion. And I told, it's okay to have a different opinion. You don't need to build a wall and try to separate us because you have a different opinion and I have a different opinion. And now I'm adding this to that. Still, there is an opportunity to build bridges. I never thought of that. But then now I'm saying it. I said walls. I said don't try to block, hinder our relationship. You know, many times we do not know what we are doing. Because of our spiritual and religious views, we build wall around people. This morning, I want you to listen to me. We may differ in opinion and practices with others, but we don't need to build walls. We don't need to build walls at all. In one big church, it was a mostly a senior congregation. A lot of youngsters, adults, uh, young adults coming in, started coming into the church. It's a big church. And the seniors, those who were worshipping there, they were not comfortable with worshipping in English and they, they erected a wall of separation. And they said, we will worship in the other side, we will do it in our native language, and you guys can go ahead and worship in English. That was going on for some time. And in the group, in the younger group, in a couple of women, they were coming there with long skirts and unbraided hair. They were coming there attending the church for some time and they said I don't think we can continue to go with these people those who are here we want to build another wall it's a huge hall and they built another wall and they were worshiping 
In fact, those worships were going on at the same time in the same church. Another group raised from the same congregation and they said, it is totally wrong, it is against the Bible to observe Good Friday. It is wrong against the Bible to observe Easter and Christmas. I don't think we can go with you, you are teaching wrong things. We want to build another wall and we want to worship the Lord in separately. And the remaining people continue to worship the Lord. And another group raised among them saying that one woman came and she said, I saw a vision. God is calling me to walk in holiness. And he is asking me to separate you from you guys and I want to go separate. They built another wall. And in one whole building, there are four different, five different churches who are happening at the same time every Sunday morning. There are hundreds of them still there in the original place and they continue to worship the Lord. No one from the community, they don't want to go to this church by seeing the division among themselves. You know, today, what is the purpose of church? If the church is not meeting its purpose, its objective, it is not, if it is not in a position to embrace the lost, what is the point of having church? We build walls around our spiritual and our religious views. Can you have the next slide? Can you read with me? We should stand and build wall against only what is considered as sinful in the Bible. We should not build wall against people for having different opinions related to religious and spiritual views. I want you to take it down. I want you to embed this in your hearts. I want you to keep that in your mind wherever you go. Whichever church you are in, can you read that with me again? We should stand and build wall against only what is considered as sinful in the Bible. We should not build wall against people for having different opinions. If you have, you know, if you start building churches for people having different opinions, how many churches we will have on the face of this earth? How many billion churches? Eight billion? Churches we will have on the face of this earth. No one's opinion is the same. We can't build, we can't separate, we can't build walls because we have a different of a difference of opinion in terms of our religious views and spiritual views. Always there was a group of people behind Jesus, Pharisees and the scribes. Pharisees and the scribes. They were all complaining, saying that he's always eating with sinners. He's always eating with sinners. You know, today we see people around us monitoring us and telling us this is what is happening in your life. This is what is happening in your life. They don't have any time to take care of their own lives, but they are busy into others' lives. They are religious leaders, Pharisees and scribes. I don't know what was their problem. They were always pointing fingers towards Jesus. Today, if we try to find mistakes in others and try to find, build a wall of separation, no matter how godly we are, we are called as Pharisees. 
That's what was their job. Can you read with me? Matthew chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. Can you, if you can come quickly with me. Can you read together? Matthew 9, 10 and 11. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. Verse 11. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to the disciples, why does your teacher eat with the tax collectors and sinners? The world is not different. The world is the same world today we are living in. All the Pharisees and scribes are inside the church today. They are the religious leaders today. And this morning I want you to listen from me. God is calling us to build bridges. So build walls to protect. Protecting our social, political and religious view is not at all acceptable in the word of God. Always we should stand against sin. Not against people, not against their opinion. You know, Bible is filled with a lot of subjective, subjective teachings. And we are not debating on that. You know, today when you come to this church, you know, people may come and ask. First thing they may ask, can we wear jewelry? Can we wear, not wear jewelry? I say you do wear whatever you want. How much over your neck you can handle, you just do Lord, Lord with the jewelry. We don't have any problem. And when the need comes, put those in offering box. God will bless you. Can we come with shorts? Can we come with this, that and all? You can come to God in any way. If God is rejecting you, we will also reject you. If God is not rejecting you, we won't reject you. Pastor, is it really a Pentecostal church? Yes, it is a Pentecostal church. We are more interested in that, more interested in what we do and you know what we wear and what we, how we look. We are more interested in God, following God. For some of you, it may be new because you've never got to used to the system, the culture. You're maybe just entering to Christ and to know Christianity freshly. But this is what is going on. Number two, we build walls to disconnect <clears throat> others. Can you read with say with me? We build wall. We build a wall to disconnect others. Again, I want you to observe the life of Jesus. Going down to the downtown, getting inside the bar, and sitting with the sinner. Tomorrow in the newspaper in big letters, Jesus went to the bar to drink with sinners. If you observe the life of Jesus, you will realize he never got disconnected from people. Never. He never got disconnected from people. He was always in touch with common people. He never built any wall to disconnect people. We are talking about we build a wall to disconnect others. We purposely build a wall to disconnect, to cut off people from our lives. At times we are, are you with me this morning? You don't go through, do you go through all these things what I'm talking about? Yes? No? Maybe you don't do it. I'm the only one here doing this. No? Okay. You look so holy. Number one, today <coughs> we build walls to disconnect people from our lives if we simply don't like them. If we simply don't like them, 
When we don't like someone, our very nature is to cut it off. To cut it off. Are you with me? I'm talking something which is practical. It may hurt you, it may hurt me. Everything. That's what is the word of God. We just simply cut it off. By doing so, we think that we can gain control over our lives. We think that, you know, we are at peace. We think that we express our hatred. Anyway, we have to express our hatred to that somebody. We say that, you know, we have nothing to do. I don't have anything to do with them anymore. I'm done with them. So easy to say. So easy to say. This morning, remember, God is calling us to build bridges, not walls. We do that by many different ways. You know, we are so intelligent being and we handle it very well. At times, we, when you decide to disconnect somebody, we give them silent treatment. Can I hear an amen? Does it happen in the church? Sorry, wrong question. Does it happen in our house? Silent treatment? No? Yes? Can I hear an amen? Huh? See, so many amens. Silent treatment. Let's simply say that get lost, get lost. I don't like you. I want to disconnect from you. Sometimes we get up and abruptly walk away. And you know, sometimes when we speak, we avoid eye contact. We don't talk to them eye contact. That simply means I don't want you. Just leave from my presence. At times we act busy. When people are talking, we just keep texting. Right? When people are talking, we don't look at, we don't make eye contact. That simply tells us that we want to disconnect those people. We ignore them. At times we are defensive in our communication. We refuse to answer. And many times when you check with them, what do they say? The only one answer you get is, I am fine. You don't get anything more. That simply means, I don't want to continue. I don't want you to let, let you, I don't want to let you know what is happening in my life. We are very good at disconnecting people. When you talk to the wall, does it talk to you back? Have you ever experienced talking to the wall? Hello? Yes. All of you, right? When you are inside the room, you talk to the wall. Have you ever heard the wall talking to you back, saying something? If the wall talks to you back, saying something, you know, you will feel really miserable. Because the wall knows everything that you do inside the room. And never thank God because the wall doesn't talk. That means people, those who raise walls, instead of bridges, they don't talk back. They are just like that wall. Do we disconnect people? The question I want to ask you right away is, do you disconnect people? Do we disconnect people? Do I disconnect people? I'm not saying that we need to keep our walls open and allow everybody to attack our lives. I'm not saying that. We need to be intelligent. We need to be wise. I'm not saying that. We certainly need to protect. But if this is our approach to everyone, that simply tells us we are building walls. If we follow the same approach to every people around us, that simply tells us that we are building walls. God doesn't want us to build walls that disconnects. Instead, God wants us to build bridges. They connect. Amen? God is expecting us to build bridges in marriage, in family, in church, in our workplace. God is expecting not us not to disconnect people. God wants us to connect with people. You know, this is very important. 
You all would have heard about stonewalling. Stonewalling is something that when people don't communicate, when people give silent treatment, God doesn't want us to be like that. Don't be like that with, with your spouse ever. Whatever it is, just talk to them openly and settle it down. Settle it down. An American Baptist minister, if you can put that in the slide, next slide, born in 1876, Joseph F. Newton, this is what he said. Can you read with me? People are lonely because they build walls instead of bridges. When? 1876. 1876. He said, people feel lonely because they build walls instead of building bridges. You know, this morning I pray that God, you would speak to us so that we will stop building walls in our lives and we will start building bridges. Can you put the next slide? The more we, can you read with me? Look at the screen and read with me, please. The more we build walls to disconnect people by isolating ourselves, we lose the opportunities to fulfill the purpose of our existence. The more we try to isolate ourselves, we lose our ability, the purpose of our existence. We build a wall today to disconnect people. There are two aspects I want to talk about quickly. We build a wall to disconnect people who are different from us. We build strong walls just by looking at the people. We don't like them and they are different from us. You know, that's how God has created us. None of us are unique. None of us is unique. We are all different. We can easily get disconnected from people just for the fact that they look different. They look different. Do we do that? We do that. Do we do that in this church? Yes, we do that. Yes, we do that. And God is not happy about it. How many times we build a wall against people saying that, oh, they don't come to church. They say that they are not believers. Sometimes people coming and asking me, oh, Pastor, is, is she a Pentecostal believer? How does it matter? How does it matter to you whether Pentecostal believer or somebody else? He is a human being. She is a human being created in the image of God. If you are not able to accept, if you can accept only Pentecostal believers, what kind of religion is this? It is fake. Everything must be fake. Are they Christians? How does it matter to you? Jesus did not ask that question, are you a Christian? And who are you and me to ask that question today? How does it matter? They are not from our country. They are not our from our country. They don't speak the same, the same language that we speak. What a shame on Christianity today. We raise walls. We raise walls instead of bridges. God is asking us to go and build bridges to those people, with those people. Today morning, today, as we, before we close, we need to make a commitment to God because this bothers the heart of God. God hates this. Paul, instead of being a Pharisee, went on judging others. He did something else. You want to listen what he did? Can you get that on the screen? First Corinthians. Chapter 9, beautiful scriptures, 19 to 23. Can we do that? Read that together. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant of to all. To all. Without any difference. 
without any national religion, you know, racial discrimination. He says, I am a servant to all that I might win the more. What is the objective? What is the purpose there that I may be beneficial? I may be adding value to somebody. I may be helping somebody that I may be a servant to all that I might win the more. Can you continue? Verse 20, and to the Jews, I became a, as a Jew. Paul is changing his behavior with people to win their soul, to win that soul. Keep that in mind. And to the Jews, I became a Jew that I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. If the law says do not eat that meat, when I'm with them, I'm not eating the meat because I want to be found one among them. It's not wrong. Paul is doing this. What is the problem with us today? To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win. Let's continue. Verse 21. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law toward God. Not that he is without law toward God, but under the law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. Those who do not follow Old Testament, they follow only New Testament. They are just Christ followers, not Jews, not the traditional Christianity people. For them, I am just be like them. Let's continue. Which verse? 22. To the weak, I became as weak. That simply means when people are going through sickness, you don't go there and then say that I am so strong. You know what? My health condition is so great. My blood pressure is so great. I'm working out every day. I'm doing exercise. Somebody is struggling there in their weaknesses. You became weak along with them. And you say that what you're going through is not new. I'm also going through the same thing. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save someone. What is the purpose? Today church has deviated from the purpose and they do all these things losing the purpose of their existence. Verse 23, it's, he says, Now this I do for the gospel's sake that I may be partaker of it with you. Paul says, I become all to all people. Irrespective of all the walls that we are trying to build, Son of God, today let's make a decision to love everybody equally. This church is existing simply because we try to treat everybody equally, whatever language they speak. If I would have, we would have built a church with one language, people being here, the church would have already got destroyed. We don't want that. We want everybody. We want everybody. A sign of true believer in Christ. This is whatever Paul is saying. This is a sign of true believer in Christ. The rest are all Pharisees. The rest are all Pharisees. Here we are talking about Paul. A Christ follower. And he is not behaving like a Pharisee. Sitting there and judging people. He is just found as one among them. Matthew 23. Verse 27, Jesus looked at the Pharisees. Now you have a definition for Pharisees who hate people, who discriminate people, who try to build their own church just for their own people. And Christ is looking at them in 1 Corinthians 
Put the right scripture, please. Matthew 23, 27. Matthew 23, 27, it says, Oh, can you read with me? Matthew, it's not, we don't have a scripture. I'll read it for you, sorry. Matthew 23, 27. Oh, to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. If we try to discriminate people, if we try to judge people based on their color, based on their nationality, based on where they come from, what they speak, what, how they smell, we are Pharisees. And we may be standing and appearing in the stage on Sunday morning and get filled in the Holy Spirit and sing songs to him. But still we are a Pharisee. Jesus says, Outwardly, they are whitewashed tombs, beautiful outside, well-dressed, white and white, no jewelry on them, perfect, everything is good. Full of power and Holy Spirit and anointing. But he says inside, full of dead moons, dead men's bones and all uncleanness. If your salvation still keeps you as Pharisee, it's not a true salvation. If your Holy Spirit, if your anointing still keeps you as a Pharisee, it's not a true anointing. It's not a true anointing. Bible says, Jesus has broken down the wall of separation. And how can we build that wall of separation again if Jesus has broken down that wall? I want you to understand this morning before we close. If you don't accept people I mean, I can't do it even. I find it difficult. And we all find it difficult. Just bear with me for a few more seconds, a few more minutes. If you are, we can't accept homeless people. Listen to me very carefully. There is a logic there. If you can't accept homeless people, if you can't accept drug addicts, if you cannot accept alcoholics, if you cannot accept sex workers, if you cannot accept transgender, if you cannot accept LGBTs, People of other religion, idol worship. My question is, why are we praying for revival? Why are we praying for revival? When revival happens, we expect all these that I named to come to hear the word of God. That's how they can be saved. And if we put a wall around us and we block and we keep ourselves inside and we don't allow every, anyone to touch us, anyone to reach towards us. Revival will not come. Revival will not come. Even when we pray, revival will not come. Even if revival comes, all of them are going to come inside the church and we are going to run away because we can't handle them. We are so holy, we can't handle them. You know, this is the pathetic situation of the church today. What is... Church stand today. I'm not saying that we need to be in agreement with them, their agenda. I'm not saying that. But we should be able to accept them as a human being. We'll not run away from them. Jesus has broken down the wall of separation. Ephesians chapter 2. Can you read it together? Ephesians chapter 2 verses 14 and 16. 14 through 16. For he himself is our peace, whom has made, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Wall separates having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two thus making peace 
verse 16 and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross thereby putting to death the enmity the separation today if God is leading you to, to be to go to the non-believers non-christians and just be with them in their festivals there is nothing wrong just go for it don't cancel Sunday morning service just go just being with them Sometimes we feel that, oh, that demand, demon will possess you. No, it won't possess you. First of all, there is no demon there. And secondly, even if it is there, it can't come to you because you have Holy Spirit in you. Just go. Just go and speak to them. Just go and spend time with them. Just go and be with them. What is the point in just closing? I'm getting frustrated at times. Just closing the walls and doors and just sitting inside. That's what we do. Why don't we just go out? We must build, thirdly, we must build bridges instead of walls. We don't have time to read the scripture, the parable of Great Supper. Jesus was talking about the parable of Great Supper in Luke chapter 14. And he told the parable, a certain man gave as Great Supper and he invited many people, very many well-to-do people, many nobles, many well-known people who are officials here and there. He invited everybody for supper. And when the supper time came, no one turned up. Nobody. That's how we build wall. We invite our own people. Our own people. And nobody comes, nobody cares. Nobody turned up. And finally the master said to the servant, or he says in verse 21, can you read from verse 21? So the servant came and reported that, these things to the master. Then the master of the house, can you read with me, being angry, said to his servant go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor the maimed and the lame and the blind verse 22 and the servant said master it is done as you commanded and still there is room he brought everybody and still there is room verse 23 then the master said to them said to the servant go out in the highways and byways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house Maybe filled. Do not compel the believers to come to church, to come for fasting prayer, to come for Bible study. Just leave them. Just leave them. They know God already. There are people who do not know Christ. We need to compel them to know Christ by building, building bridges. Verse 24. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. That's a punishment upon them. God wants us to focus on three people. Finally, we'll narrow it down. Number one, the lost. Can you say with me, lost? These are the people who lost in the world. They need Jesus. God wants us to build bridges with those people. They are non-Christians. God wants us to build. You know, God has put you in a place surrounding you with the people who do not believe in God for a reason. For a reason. Try to be friends with them. God wants us to build a bridge to people who do not seek God. God wants us to build a bridge with people who are considered as sinners. Do not neglect them. They are struggling in their lives. They are going through day in and day out. They have struggles in their lives. Jesus built a bridge with such people. If he has done so, we must do so. Can you read with me? Luke chapter 15 verse 4. What man of you having, read with me please, having hundred sheep, if the one, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. That is the purpose of Jesus. Let that be our purpose. 
Let that be our purpose. God wants us to build a bridge to those who are lost in the world. Secondly, God wants us to build a bridge with those who are disconnected. There are many people, they have a relationship with God, but they don't have a fellowship to go. We should invite them to church. We should invite them to the fellowship. And thirdly, disillusioned or disappointed. There are people, they hate church. They are hurt. They are wounded for some reason. They don't want to go to church. You know, I met on the other day, I met a, met a pastor of a big church in the city, Halifax City, and we were having a discussion. And you know what he said? When I moved to this church, I realized that there are many people who are hurt, who are wounded because of the church. And we formed a team in the church only to reach out to those who stop coming to church because they need God. We started the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of restoration. And pastor, it's going on very well. We are able to reach those people and pray with them and remove the hurt and we are able to bring them back. You know, that is the purpose of God. That is the purpose of God. God wants us to build bridges to those who are offended by church and who are offended by God. Shall we all rise this morning as we close? This morning I want to ask a question to you, to all of you. To all of you, as I was taking you through the sermon, something would have come in your mind. I don't want you to lose that. Can you bridge, listen to me, this is a question. Can you build a bridge with someone with whom you already built a wall? Is that question clear? Can you bridge, can you build a bridge during this week? Can you build a bridge with someone with whom you already build a wall? By end of the week, if you can come and tell me what you did, I'm going to give you a gift, I'm going to give you a present. Maybe all of you. You need to come and tell me, yes, pastor, I had, I built a wall with that person, but then I decided to break the wall. I wanted to establish a bridge, a connection with him. If you can come and tell me, I'm going to give you a price. To summarize, three things are important. As we see that in the screen, number three things. God is calling us. Can you read with me? And then we are going to pray. God is calling us to build bridge with people that connects, not walls that disconnect. As Jesus did, we must build bridge with the lost, disconnected, and disappointed. Our connection with people must invite non-Christians to come to Christ. That's the purpose of our being together. Shall we close our eyes this morning?